Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Leighton Samuels, I am Leighton Schlanger, and we, uh, uh, we killed it. We killed it, bro. We absolutely killed it. I think we did too. I think we, we had another great week. I don't know if it was quite as good as last week as far as our, uh, last week, no. <laughs> last week wasn't great. No, it was not. It, this might not have been as good as that one week where we celebrated for like a whole week um, earlier in the season, I forget, it was like week six or seven, something like that, it might not be that good, but it, this was a good week, for, for both of us, actually, I can't even say Samuels was wrong, although I can say Samuels was wrong to bet on the Colts and not on the Dolphins, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I have, uh, I have no argument for that. Um, you want to jump right in? I actually do, we have a lot of football to talk about, sorry, no, entertaining and fun uh, intro for you today. You just have to deal with us and our and our football because that's, I mean, that's why you're here, right? You're not here to, to hear us hear us blabber on at each other and make fun of each other and 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 Samuels has a weird voice. <laughs> I don't have a weird voice. What? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you, you do. It's like all, all like nasally and like high-pitched. <laughs> I don't, well, you have... You're the one who, like, talks in an accent from somewhere you're not from. I I am from exactly where I am, bro. You can't prove otherwise. But we, we said we were going to jump right into football. We are going to, starting with Salvan Ahmed. 12.4 fantasy points. He was my first flex play choice. And yes, even when in a game where they're playing from behind, and he only averages 3.6 yards per carry, which isn't, like, great. That's, like, average. Like, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say only 3.6. Well, yes, yes, you would say only 3.6 yards per carry because he still gets to 12.4 fantasy points, and that is because of the six targets that he got, catching five of them for 31 yards. He's like Miles Gaskin. Like, this guy is pretty much the same player as Miles Gaskin as far as our fantasy concerns are. He might actually be a little bit better of a pure runner, while Gaskin was a little bit better of a pass catcher, which is why I think in a game like this, Miles Gaskin would put up like 15 to, to 18 fantasy points. Ahmed only only gets you, you 12.4, so... You know, um, good on him and good on you if you actually started him in your flex spot. 12.4 isn't, like, game-breaking. He didn't win you your league. But in your flex spot, you are looking for production. You are looking for double-digit fantasy points somewhere in that 12 to 16 range. Like, obviously, you want more than the 16. But, like, no fewer than 12 if you're lucky. And uh, we got lucky on this one. Though, Miles Gaskin may be back soon um, because I believe he has mi he has missed the three games required for the injured reserve. So he could be back soon. Keep an eye out for that. Your first pick for running back did not go as well. No, it did not. Naheem Hines gets you 8.3 fantasy points, which, which this was, and this was what I talked about on Friday, this was the worst case scenario. And I said there was only a small percentage chance that it was going to happen, but it did. Jonathan Taylor came out hot, came hot out of the gate for the first time since week six. Uh, he scores 15.4 fantasy points, uh, had 26 touches, leaving no room for Hines. Uh, he was involved in the passing game, uh, leaving no room for Hines. Like, we were grateful that Naheem Hines got his three receptions for 31 yards, and then, of course, he gets a two-point conversion. Like, couldn't 
Wish it could have been the touchdown, but he got the two-point conversion, giving you 8.3 fantasy points. Doesn't ruin your day. And as far as our flex plays goes, he was actually the worst. So he might not have won you your week, and he might not have even helped you win your week, but he didn't plummet you. Like, 8.3 points from the flex spot is sometimes something that you have to expect. It wasn't It wasn't a great call, bro. It wasn't a great call. You just have to admit that it wasn't a great call. Fine, it wasn't a great call. But you also had a not-so-great call. I, okay, well, Leonard Ford, that gets you 9.6 fantasy points last night um, on Monday Night Football. Uh, but here's the thing. He beat Ronald Jones by over 7 fantasy points. Ronald Jones only got you 2.4 fantasy points. Um, like, Leonard Fournette was the guy. Uh, as expected, as I expected. He, he even dropped three passes from Tom Brady, and they still trusted him as the pass catcher down the stretch in the fourth quarter when they needed him. Um... Like, that's, that's the thing about Leonard Fournette. And you know this. When Tampa Bay is playing from behind, they will need Leonard Fournette. And that is exactly what happened. And if he catches even a couple of... Well, if he catches just literally even one of those passes, he breaks the double-digit threshold that we look for. So, Leonard Fournette... Not great, but 9.6 ain't bad, and I was telling you to start him over Ronald Jones, and sure enough, I hope you did. Um, you, uh, you, had, you had the other Colts guy. I did, in fact, Michael Pittman Jr. getting you 15.6 fantasy points. Yes, love to see that from the rookie. We keep talking this guy up. I hope if, you, if you've been listening to this podcast, I hope you, I hope you grab Michael Pittman. And I hope he is helping you win your league because he has been an absolute boss. The only problem was his opportunities in this game. Like, yes, he got you 15.6 fantasy points, but 11.5 of his 15.6 fantasy points came on one play, which which is, it's just too much. He's not seeing the opportunity that we were expecting or hoping for. He did catch all three of his targets, but he only got three targets. Now, what's crazy is Rivers in this game completed passes to 11 different players. Seven of them had at least three targets. The guy spreads the ball around. He just does. But the good news is Pittman is a a playmaker. And if he gets the ball in space, he will score you fantasy points in a big way like he did. We're still happy with the turnout. And I still think you should get him on your team. And we will talk about that later. You had your other Dolphins player. (laughs) And yes, and he also outscored your boy, Michael Pittman Jr. That is why I am the winner of the flex plays this week. Samuels was wrong. Samuels is the loser. Devontae Parker gets you 18.1 fantasy points. Now, Ahmed may have gotten may, may have may have gotten the second most targets uh, for, for, for the Dolphins in this past week. But that left room for someone to be on top. And that someone was Devontae Parker. Nine total targets. That is a 24% target share, which isn't elite status. Like, that's not, like, Michael Thomas level, but um, but uh, 24% target share is not bad. He caught six of those nine targets for 61 uh, yards and a touchdown. Clear favorite of Tua. Clear favorite going in. Uh, Preston Williams was that guy, but Preston Williams is down. Preston Williams will be out for at least one more week because he is on IR. And so Parker will continue to be the beneficiary. And... I know Tua went went got taken out in this game, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was put in, but Fitzpatrick didn't look any better, and we know already that Tua is going to be the tar- the starter next week. So start Devontae Parker up again with confidence. Although we might talk about him, I have I have had him as a flex play 
in this in this segment for the past three weeks. We will see if he qualifies next week, and so I might be able to say him again. You had another dud. I didn't have another dud. I did not have another dud. I said Alan Lazard uh, should be started only, only if Devontae Adams was out with the injury, and Devontae Adams was in, so... The fact that Alan Lazard put up 3.8 fantasy points, we can just ignore because I I didn't I didn't tell y'all to start him. That sounds like a sneaky way to get out of uh out of a bad flex play. It's not it's not a hold on. It's not a sneaky way to get out. I literally said don't start him unless Devontae Adams was out. So um but I do want to say uh good news for Alan Lazard. He was he was specifically back for limited snaps. They said they were going to limit him in his first game back. And he still saw four targets from Aaron, from Aaron Rodgers. Four targets isn't great, obviously. But if he's on the field for the whole game consistently, that could translate into some big production with more targets. I did have my two guys who didn't technically qualify as flex plays because they were each 20th in, uh, in ESPN leagues. But <laughs> there's Kalen Balaj getting you 14.1 fantasy points. Second week in a row with exactly 23 touches. Like he, like we expected, he's the workhorse back in this offense, as long as both Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler are down. Now, uh, Austin Eckler is rumored to be heading back to practice soon. But again, like uh, start Kalen Balaj. Just keep doing it. Um, and Robert Woods... 30.6 fantasy points. I love it. I absolutely love it when ESPN and Yahoo lose confidence in Robert Woods because I get to put him in the segment and be absolutely right about him. He even outdoes himself from the last time against a tougher defense. 30.6, unbelievable. Robert Woods might have won you your week. Of course you start Robert Woods. He is an extremely underestimated wide receiver in this league. And that wraps up the wrap-up of our flex plays. So we have free reign to move into the main main section of our podcast, which means we get to hit that drop. Oh, fine, fine. It is, we are, we are on episode 24, and I still cringe every time I hear this drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is going to be brutal. It's Schlanger right out the drop. I know it's usually Samuels, but it's me this time. And as per tradition, we are going to recap the Thursday night football game between the Rams and the Buccaneers. Honestly, let's start with Jared Goff on this one because Jared Goff looked good. He looked good. Sure, he threw two interceptions, which isn't great, but from a fantasy standpoint, he looked good. 23.04 fantasy points. And and that's against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are a great defense. And now here's here's the most important thing. They won this game. They won this game in which Jared Goff threw the ball 51 times. They won. Now, if you look at last week, they played the Seahawks. We didn't actually go over this game because we didn't have time. But they played the Seahawks and they won which means their loss to the Dolphins the week before the Seahawks, I think, I think it kicked them in the butt a little bit. And, Sh- and Sean McVay decided that he needed to change some things. And that is focus on the passing game. Because in both of the past two wins, for the first time this season, starting with the Seahawks, they have won a game 
passing the ball more often than they have run the ball. And I think that is a purposeful decision by Sean McVay to get this offense going and to get this offense rolling. And and for this reason, I think Jared Goff will continue to be a good option down the stretch. Uh, the, The 49ers are a bit of a tough matchup, but then he has the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Jets, the Seahawks again. You actually, if Jared Goff is available, and we're going to go for our waiver claims, I might have to add him as one of mine. Um, Jared Goff could be a great quarterback option going down the stretch into these playoffs and then in the fantasy playoffs against the New York Jets and the Seattle Seahawks, which of course means that his his receivers are. If you, like, insane game for both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods today. We already talked about Robert Woods' 30-plus point game. Cooper Cup, no slouch himself, doesn't score a touchdown and still gets 25 and a half fantasy points. Like, this is the kind of production that will happen if they focus purely on their passing game. Even Josh Reynolds managed to get six targets in a game in which they threw 51 times. Like, like this is so good. The only thing that you are bummed to see Neither Gerald Everett nor Tyler Higby separated themselves from each other. They had very similar games. Five targets for Everett, four targets for Higby. And they both get you right around seven fantasy points. So, ah, Higby was a popular preseason uh, sleeper because of how he ended last season. But you can't trust either of these tar- tight ends moving forward. And, of course brutal day, brutal day for every single one of the running backs. I mean, Cam Akers ended up catching a touchdown, so I guess he technically saved his day. But even with that, he didn't make it to double-digit fantasy points. Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, true three-headed monster in the backfield. You can't trust any of them moving forward. And I just completed the analysis for the Rams all by myself. Samuels hasn't even spoken in this segment yet, has he? No, I haven't. You stole the mic and literally ran across the room um, and wouldn't let me speak. It doesn't sound like that. It doesn't it, like it sounds like we're both in front of the mic right now. Yes, that's um, that's because I walked over to you to solve solve this problem. We're not going to overthink this. Tom Brady, uh, Jared Goff threw the ball fifty one times. Tom Brady almost he was trying to uh, he threw the ball forty eight times, but gosh, could not get anything going. This was an ugly, ugly Tom Brady game. Twelve point six four fantasy points for Tom Brady. Like I don't know when this happened, but Tom Brady has all of a sudden become a boom or bust option at quarterback. Gets gets twelve this week, thirty one last week, two points the week before that, nineteen, which is good. Thirty six. Okay, so like he was consistent, more consistent earlier this season, but at least for the past four weeks, like he's had this like boom bust situation going on I expect a bit more of a boom next week against Kansas City the Bucks are going to have to throw the ball against them and Tom Brady will be playing angry and you love starting Tom Brady in fantasy when he's playing angry but again you never know what you're getting with Tom Brady this season and that's only funny because we spent the entire first episode of Samuels versus Schlanger way back in August or was it July? One of the two. Um, way back then, talking about whether Tom Brady would be the Tom Brady of old in this past happy offense, or if he would be 
uh, the, the Tom Brady of the past couple of years where he was starting to, to wane in, in New England. And here he is uh, <laughs> literally doing both things that we were talking about on any given week. Th- thank you for... For interrupting, I I was very nice, and I did not interrupt you your entire L.A. Rams segment. Yeah, but, like, I'm the entertaining one, so deal with it, bro. (laughs) Fine. Um, We already talked about the running backs, so I'm going to jump straight to the wide receivers. Antonio Brown led the wide receivers with 13 targets, led them in receptions with 8, led them in yards with 57. The only thing is, he didn't score a touchdown, and and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans both did. Um... Evans and Godwin are the two guys that you want to start, and those they were the two guys that scored the most fantasy points, because uh, that's what happens when you score touchdowns. Godwin gets you 18.3 fantasy points, Mike Evans gets you 15.9, Antonio Brown gets you 13.7. If you had told me that all three of those guys were going to get in double digits in a game against the Rams, I would have called BS, because I, like I said, I was also, uh, we, we were both expecting Leonard Fournette to have a better game uh, catching passes out the backfield. But here we are, and this is what could be the case every single week for these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I especially expect it next week against the Kansas City Chiefs when they will have to put up a lot of points. All three of these guys are starters. I think Antonio Brown is a great flex play. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are both wide receiver twos with wide receiver one upside, I think. Um really, really tough to to grade them. All you know is you are starting them. That is it for uh, for our Thursday night game. But the fun thing about last Friday is we actually talked about four games specifically that we made some predictions on uh, that we previewed. So we're actually going to recap those four games and see how well we did. Schlanger, do you want to start this off? I would, but we have to do a live read first, and it's actually a real live read. Like, this is, we actually have a real group that we would like to uh, to give a shout out to and give a, a, a they, they are our episode sponsors, but um, they are not giving us money. But what they are giving us is a little bit of a platform. They are fresh out the box. That's right, they are called fresh out the box. And as the name implies, they experiment with new and interesting games from board to video, including tabletop RPGs, a la Dungeons and Dragons. And they stream these games for your entertainment. Now, Samuels actually joined them on a stream of of an all-new horror spooky tabletop called Shiver. And Shiver is a tabletop RPG game that has not even been fully released yet. It is still in a Kickstarter. So you know these guys have access to some new and great things. Samuels is actually joining them for another game this Friday called Porcelain Dolls. It is a new tabletop RPG called Porcelain Dolls. Their YouTube channel is coming, but for now you can catch all of the fresh out-the-box content at the Jahananon on Twitch. That is J-A-H-A-N-A-N-O-N. Jahananon on Twitch. Promo code SVS invalid for this deal because, hey, it's free. And that is our episode sponsor for the week. A bit longer than usual, but we hope to catch you on that I uh, I can be somewhat funny and entertaining if if I try. <laughs> you, you have never been funny or entertaining in your entire life. If they were even remotely intelligent, they would bring you. They would bring me on this podcast instead of you. It's not a podcast. It's a Twitch stream. Well, 
I can exist in Twitch streams, not just podcasts. I don't disappear as soon as this this podcast ends. Yes, you do. You literally do. You do not exist in the real world. Well, I can exist in whatever fake world I want to, bro. I'm in your mind. I'm in your 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 head, bro. All right, we have more football and less existential horror. We are going to pick up with the Texans versus the Patriots. And first of all, I just want to say that we continued our string of good calls. Sure, Cam Newton didn't didn't hit the 20-point threshold like we were calling it out, but he hit 19.2. You're happy with that result. Um... Over the rest of the season, he is matchup dependent, but has a really low ceiling regardless. Um, but also Damian Harris, we said that like this could be his opportunity to score touchdowns, and he scored a touchdown. He only got you 12.4 fantasy points because that's just the kind of guy he is. He is he is has one of the strangest highish ceiling, sorry, highish floors extremely low ceilings that I have ever seen in a running back. Still a good NFL running back and only a decent fantasy running back. And on the Texans side of things, we have Deshaun Watson. We said, we said flat out, the Texans were going to win this game through the air. They were going to put up points through the air. And the prime beneficiary is obviously going to be the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, 31.3 fantasy points. And like, we knew this was going to be a high-scoring affair. And we knew it was going to happen through the air for the Texans. What we didn't realize is that Deshaun Watson would also lead the running game for the Texans, uh, getting over half of their rushing yards, 36 of their 55, including a touchdown. And that's the thing is, is this is Deshaun. He's actually been super solid all season. He only has three games with fewer than 20 fantasy points. And two of those games were against Pittsburgh and Baltimore, objectively two of the best defenses in the game. And the other bad one was against Cleveland, but it was it was with bad weather. And like I said, Houston's not accustomed to playing there. It is. It will be very hard to sit Deshaun Watson at any time the rest of this year, no matter who you have at quarterback. The only problem is he does in weeks 13 through 15, he plays Chicago, sandwiched in between two indie games. So, um, and Indianapolis does have one of the top, I'd say top three pass defenses in the game. So that might be tough going, but still, he's Deshaun Watson, and you never want to bet against Deshaun Watson. What you do want to bet against is the uh, is the miserable Houston Texans run game. Duke Johnson, we, we said that they that they were going to solve the problem that he only got one target in Cleveland, and they did. They got him five targets, but it was not enough. <laughs> it, it just wasn't. Uh, he only gets you six and a half fantasy points, really not great. Um, yeah, it's just the it's just the Texans offensive line. That's it. That's really it. You just cannot trust Duke Johnson, regardless of the matchup. And David Johnson will be hard to trust once he's back. From injury. Um, pass catching wise, we said that we didn't know if it was going to be Fuller or Cooks. How about a mediocre game for both? <laughs> Fuller got 14 points, Cooks got 12 and a half. It was close as we expected. Fuller actually earned more targets in this one. We, they, I was saying that Cooks would have the better game, and he didn't. Samuels was wrong. That's right. Will Fuller, the guy who I called, got 14 points to Brandon Cooks' is 12 and a half. Um, and that was in both opportunity and fantasy points. Will Fuller is obviously the number one receiver in the Texans offense, but Cooks is good, I will admit that. And with, the interesting part is Kenny Stills and Randall Cobb both went down with injuries in this game, which which made room for tight end Jordan Akins. 
Jordan Akins gets 13.3 fantasy points in this game, which is not bad for a tight end, especially a tight end that's only owned in 2%. Of- You're jumping the gun. You're jumping the gun. That's waiver wire time. Fine, fine. But keep an eye on Jordan Akins moving forward. As far as New England pass catchers go, Nikhil Harry's back? And he got 9.1 fantasy points. He he stole all the targets from Jacoby Meyer. Jacoby Meyer disappeared. But James White led the team in targets with nine, obviously. Um, but but this this hasn't been the James White all season. Like James White was supposed to be doing this all season, and he hasn't. So I still don't trust James White. I don't trust Nikhil Harry, even though he had the second most targets on the team. I don't trust Jacoby Meyer anymore. And I definitely don't trust Demir Bird, despite the fact that Demir Bird got 26.3 fantasy points. How do you predict that? How do you predict that from a guy who got the third most targets on the team in this game? And and he just, I mean, that's the thing, though. If you want the highest upside play in the New England Patriots offense, it, it, it's got to be Demir Bird. The kid is fast, is fast, um, and can score on any given play. Uh, good game for him, but do not expect that moving forward. Next game, Eagles-Browns. Do you want to take this one? Yes, I do. Um, I really do. Uh, Wentz, Wentz is garbage. Wentz sucks in real life and in fantasy. Well, okay, in fantasy, he, he puts up 14.4 fantasy points, which isn't terrible, but from a quarterback, you're really hoping to get closer to 20 fantasy points. And Miles Sanders was bad too. Like, in, in not bad usage. He has 19 touches, but he only turns that into 11.1 fantasy points. Like, is the Browns defense good? Do you, do you think the Browns defense is good? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like it. This is now two weeks in a row that they have shut down. Um, I mean, they shut down the Houston offense, and we know what they are capable of. They shut down the Eagles in this one. Um, but but bad weather has also been the case two weeks in a row for the Cleveland Browns. They have had that on their side, at least for their defense. And and honestly, their run game. Like, like this is how the Browns want to play in bad weather games because they already have a bad passing game and they have a great running game and their defense is mediocre. So the bad weather helps them. So, so note to self, do not play your fantasy stars against the Brown defense if it is raining. Um, now, if you look at the pass catchers, which we were all down on across the board. Dallas Goddard gets 18.7 points. Richard Rodgers gets 12.8. They were the two that caught the touchdowns. Um, and that makes sense. These are tight ends in, in the Philadelphia Eagles offense. The, the, the tight ends are going to catch the touchdowns. They're going to have the most production. Goddard is the only guy I like moving forward, but Zach Ertz comes back, muddies this up. I think, obviously, Richard Rodgers becomes completely unusable, um, both in real life and in fantasy. Once Ertz is back, it becomes the Ertz and Goddard show. I still like Goddard more than Ertz. I don't know why, but that's kind of how it's gone this season. So that's that for the Eagles. You like Goddard. That's it. And Miles Sanders moving forward, I think he does have better games. But, I mean, the usage. You can't get better usage than that. Uh, For the Browns, what do you got? Uh, It's exactly what I said. Run game. They have the run game. They don't have a passing game. Chubb gets you 11.4 points, runs for 114 yards, but did not get any carries inside the five-yard line. Every single one of those carries went to Kareem Hunt who gets you 9.1 fantasy points, who converted one of them for the touchdown. This was not a good game for Kareem Hunt. He is very lucky to have gotten into the end zone. 
And those are the only two that you feel comfortable starting in any game except for maybe, maybe week 16 against the Jets. And actually, Hooper did tie, tie for the team lead in targets with five, so he could be a decent tight end option in a game that isn't bad weather. Um, but Landry only had two targets in this game. And I really don't think you can start Landry uh, un- until they prove that they can get their game. But they don't need to. The Browns are 7-3. and three. They're 7-3 and three on this running game. Expect more of the running game moving forward. Falcons, Saints, and we were both wrong on this, but for a strange reason. We, we, we uh, actually sent out this message on Instagram. If you follow at Leighton Samuels official, it should still include me, but I'm not bitter. Um, that it, Our analysis was for Jameis Winston starting, and it was, in fact, Taysom Hill who started. And Taysom Hill, if you just were watching him play, he looked like absolute garbage. It was really strange. But he put up 24.42 fantasy points. And, and honestly, like, it doesn't matter how you look playing football whenever you complete 78% of your passes and have a quarterback rating of 108.9. Like, Taysom Hill wasn't bad. He just kind of looked bad, which is, yeah, it, we don't care about that in fantasy football. We care about the fact that he had 10 carries for 51 yards and two freaking touchdowns. Fun fact, he had 70, 70% of his fantasy production this week came on the ground. That is second this season only to, of course, Cam Newton. Who else? Who got 76% of his fantasy production on the ground in week one against the Dolphins. But if this is the game that Taysom Hill is going to be playing, he could very easily be a top 10 QB, especially over the next three weeks against the Broncos, Falcons again, and the Eagles. Start him up. Do not be afraid. If you're in ESPN leagues, I don't care that he's not in your tight end position anymore. Get him in your quarterback position. His upside is huge. The only problem is what happened to Alvin Kamara. Only 10.5 points, and he's bailed out by a touchdown. Taysom was happy to run it himself, which meant fewer opportunities for Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, <laughs> that's actually not bad. Kamara, like, like sports car, just like running through defenses. Alvin Kamara. I can't believe that no one has, like, tried to make that a thing. But anyway, Alvin Kamara. Latavius Murray outran and outcaught Alvin Kamara in this game. Uh, Kamara had one target, and then he didn't catch it. Like, I I don't think this is Alvin Kamara moving forward. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is still a, a, a running back one. Like, you're going to be starting him every single week. I think this is this is an outlier, but this does suck for this game. Uh, for as far as the pass catchers go. It was it was Michael Thomas. It was Michael Thomas, and that's all you had. He had 12 targets. He had he had a 52% target share. Like, are you kidding me, bro? I love it. We I I I not we I traded for Michael Thomas in a league, um, and I was getting really worried about him. And I I was excited about Jameis Winston throwing the ball downfield to Michael Thomas, but it turns out Taysom Hill is the one who was doing it. Taysom Hill had, like, two things that he wanted to do. was run the ball or throw it downfield to Michael Thomas. And, well, and downfield is relative. Um, but still, averaging 10.1 yards per attempt for Taysom Hill, he's consistently getting that ball down the field. And Michael Thomas uh, averaged 11.6 yards per reception with only a long of 23, which means he was just really consistently getting right around 10 yards per reception. 
you love to see it. That's really all the analysis for the New Orleans Saints. Um, and there's not going to be much for the Falcons. Matt Ryan, he sucks. I can't believe some people uh, wasted a draft pick on him at the beginning of the season. Todd Gurley, I'm actually less worried about. He only had 3.9 fantasy points this game. He might have ruined your week. But the guy's been averaging 19 touches per game. He has not had a single game this season with fewer than 15 touches until this game. And he only had nine touches. I don't know why or how this happened. It's not like the Saints ran away with this one early. Like, at the half, it was it was 10 to 9 New Orleans. Like, Atlanta had the opportunity to run the ball. They just could not. And, like, he was even averaging 3.3 yards per carry. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette consistently average under three, and yet they still hand them the ball. I don't know what happened with Todd Gurley, but I do not expect it to happen again. Keep starting Todd Gurley. He will continue to get you RB2 production. And you want to take the pass catchers? I do, I do, because I was tired of not talking. Calvin Ridley did not even lead the team in targets. Julio Jones disappeared because of an injury. And Russell Gage got 12 targets to Calvin Ridley's 9. It doesn't matter, though. Calvin Ridley is the guy that you want moving forward. Calvin Ridley is, I still, I I see him as a low-end wide receiver one, maybe a high-end wide receiver two. Um, But especially if Julio Jones misses time, it is hard to keep Calvin Ridley out of your lineups. We are, gosh, we are already at the 32-minute mark. Just want to hit Bengals-Washington real quick uh, and say Joe Burrow going down. This is A, an absolute tragedy for him um, as a player. This is B, an absolute tragedy for every single Bengals offensive player. Downgrade Higgins, downgrade Boyd, downgrade A.J. Green. Boyd is now a wide receiver too. Higgins is maybe a flex play. A.J. Green, you cannot play him even though he caught the only touchdown pass. Like, then Joe Burrow screws the running game too because teams don't have to worry about Joe Burrow throwing the ball down the field. Gio is not a power runner. He's not going to have much success running the ball. He hasn't had much success running the ball as is. It is going to be really tough for the Bengals offense to do anything with Ryan Finley. As far as Washington goes, McLaurin is still, he he had a rough day and he still gets you 13.4 points. Very high floor option and an extremely high ceiling. I love McLaurin as an easy top 10 wide receiver the rest of the way, maybe top five. And Antonio Gibson is the guy. Samuels was wrong. It wasn't McKissick. It's Antonio Gibson. It's going to be that way every single week. Uh, McKissick still gets you 9.9 points, though, so that is not bad. We have to hit our waiver claims real quick. Kick this one off, Samuels. I would like to start with Curtis Samuel. The, The guy's not going anywhere. I know Christian McCaffrey's been out, but like Curtis Samuel is top 20 in the league in targets. That is opportunity. In in targets, he is ahead of DJ Moore. He's also ahead of the likes of DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Adam Thielen. He has more targets than all of these guys, and he's still available in 50% of leagues. He's also a red zone favorite. The guy keeps getting in the end zone. Pick him up and maybe even start him against the Vikings if you don't have better options. Uh, I'm also going to jump to Michael Pittman Jr. Pick him up. We talked about him earlier. He's available in 56% of Yahoo leagues. I love him. Who you got? I got Nelson Aguilar. 20.8 fantasy points uh, this past week. Nine targets, six receptions, 88 yards. Had a couple of drops, which means his day could have been even better. Since week seven, he has only been lower than second on the team in targets once. Because obviously the passing game runs through Darren Waller every single week. That's just the way it does. But when it doesn't, it's Nelson Aguilar. And uh, 
he's not going to go away as the number two option. It is a run-heavy offense, and you can't trust him every week, but he's available in 80% of leagues, and if you need help at wide receiver, he could be a gold mine. Uh, one more, Jordan Akins. We mentioned him earlier. Pick him up. He's, he's available in 98% of leagues. Uh, he's definitely good for this Thursday as a tight end option with both Kenny Stills and Randall Cobb nursing injuries, um, but he could be good moving forward. They love this guy. They've loved him all season. He had some bad injury luck earlier in this season, uh, but now that he's back, he's been slowly getting more and more attention from Deshaun Watson every single game, and that is all the time we have left today. Thank you, Schlanger, for, for wrapping that up so fast. Thank you, listeners, for bearing with us for an extra six minutes. We love you. We love all of you. Check out Fresh Out the Box. We will see you with them on Friday, and we will. you can catch us again on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcasts, everything, at LT Schlamuels on Twitter, at Leighton Samuels Official on Instagram, all that jazz. Kick it off. Get out of here. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. Ba-boom! <laughs>